Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. I'm your host, Heather, and here joining me again is Mary. Hey y'all. And also John. What up? He's You're going to hear a little bit more from him today because... He's got some good things to say, I think, in his oh, head. Oh, are so sweet. He's the male perspective that everybody needs, because otherwise it's just two girls bitching about stuff, and that gets old, I think, from what I'm hearing for the responses from people. I neither I confirm have, nor deny. <laughs> I have a very different take, but it's oh, Of else. course, of course. So You mean you don't agree with me? No, not ever. even a little bit. Huh. At any point. Weird. Does... He not or she not agree. I know every time I'm, I'm like, good evening. She's like, it's not, not technically evening. It's not even a good one. It's not even good. And it's not technically evening. evening. It's late afternoon. That's what I would say if I was. Um, if Mary was a text things. message, she would be K. <laughs> I would delete her. And actually, no, I mean, she's. Has she ever said K to me? Not to me. I really hope not because that and KK are the worst Ew, things that ever. That makes me want to vomit. I have a buddy of mine, Thank a you male for friend of mine that always says K whenever he's like being passive aggressive. And yeah. Like, and I'm like, dude, either jump out of the closet and let everybody know yes. that everybody's thinking it or do not talk to me like a 13 year old Don't be a garbage child. person. I Seriously. usually say okay a y. Like I spell out okay yeah. if I'm really upset. I'm like, "Oh, you do." See, okay. I take that as like a kind response. But if you just say k with a cap no, not even capital, a lowercase k. Ooh, a lowercase k. And is I'm horrible. like and I'm like, "What the hell did I do to you? What did I even do to you?" Literally. Yeah, I, would, literally. I, would never even talk I always about say okie okay. dokie. Ew. Or okie dokes when I'm upset. You like the goosebumps, upset, but not like, in a good way. Okie dokes. Oh, God. Really? You literally you would. my dad. You would do okie dokes. Yeah. Oh, I sure would. Anyway, rounding it back up. Uh, <laughs> how's everybody doing during the longest year of our lives? I, I'm still calling it corn season, but we are in July. So technically it's longer than a season. We're going on six, seven months now of this weird year of 2020, there's still some people in certain States that are shut down in Texas. We're kind of shut down. We have bars closed, which I'm not going to lie. Me and Mary talked about this or sorry, (laughs) Mary and I talked about this before. And I almost have had this revelation that I enjoy staying at home or going to friends' houses more than my past party life of going out to the bars. And I had somebody that was like, no, whatever. You used to go to the bars all the time. And I caught myself like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. I haven't been to the bars in like... A long time. Four months. Yeah. And they're like, we can't say that. I mean, you can't go to the bars. But I'm like, but that doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. I haven't been. And I've actually... And I'm like... (laughs) And it takes like two weeks to make new habits. And so I'm this whole nother person. You are though. I do. I feel like I've grown because I can confidently look back and be like, okay, did I have fun at the bars? Yes. Will we still occasionally go to hooky just to dance? Probably. Yes. But I probably won't go near as often as I did while I was in the like brand new healing phase of my divorce. Like that's when I went the most and I was a damn fool. I was, I was that annoying drunk that would want to stay 
super late. Mary knows all about this. This is true. I'd want to go to every bar. I'd want to go to bars specifically where I knew ex-boyfriends were for no other purpose than to just be there and look across the room and be like, yeah, I'm here. Fucker. <laughs> like there's no purpose for doing that. And then the next day I'd feel like shit and we'd be like, we can't do, <laughs> we're not about this life anymore. But then we'd go back that night, that night, the next night we would go back and you know, and, and we'd have fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We'd have fun, which is why I, I can also confidently say that we're probably going to go back whenever the bars open. And so this whole conversation that I had for two minutes is redundant. Just kidding. I want to acknowledge go the out. fact that I'm an enabler. I, in this oh. moment, I realized that I may have enabled you a little bit because I particularly didn't want to stay out that late, but I had so much fun dancing and having, but I never really loved going to the bars, but I went because I was an enabler to my friend. But have you noticed that when we're there, we're like, we have the time of our lives. So I, mean, I don't know. I, guess I can sit on top going. of a speaker and enjoy the night. Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I, well, yeah, that I love it. You don't even need to go home but with I don't anybody because you're on the speaker. Oh, no, no. I don't know. All I did was we would Uber in different Ubers and I would go and get pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and and that pizza, <laughs> what is it about fourth meal pizza oh. that makes it so good? Like, I mean, Topper sends me pizza things all the time and it's not uh, good like if not I during the day it. no but oh man but Shout and this this is going to be an unpopular opinion I think but fourth meal Taco Bell or fourth oh. meal Whataburger you can't go wrong like it magical. is so magical so how about this what fourth meal Whataburger and Taco Bell. See, you can't say stuff like oh. that. Oh, you sure can because what I do, are you ready? No, I'm not, but go ahead. I'm salivating as I'm thinking about this. <laughs> I literally I am salivating. Too. I'm, I'm too. seriously I am too. doing that. So what I do, as soon as I leave, you know, as soon as I leave the festivities, Whataburger and Taco Bell are literally next to each you other. You double dip? Oh, because Whataburger takes forever to go. They do. So then I, do, go to yeah. Water, I go to Whataburger first, I order my food. No, you don't. And then I walk That's right no. across the and parking lot. And you get and I so get myself some tacos and then I go back and grab my vanilla malt and whatever mm. I decide to have at Whataburger. And then I go home and I lay it all out on my coffee table and I turn on Netflix. <laughs> I turn on Netflix, take one bite of everything and then I fall asleep. Yeah. And then you might wake up the next morning and it's still good because it's so salty that. I've tried oh, that. So it good. doesn't quite work. As well as I want it to. And usually my dogs eat it all. It depends on how how hungover you are and how much True. you don't want to like get up to make usually yourself breakfast. I don't eat until dinner time after my hangover night, after my drunken nights, because yeah. I eat so much at my fourth meal. Yeah. I, wish I do I that, that every night. Actually, That's I'm like, like the most fun. I'm, I'm telling you, if I can't be with a person that has to have that fourth meal. Yes. That's okay. not the person I want to be. No. With. If they're like, oh, I don't eat past nine. I'm going to say, you're the devil and get away from me. Bye. Peace. Goodbye. We're done here. Yeah. That's if the only thing I do out, agree with you I on, said, John. good day, sir. If we can't <laughs> pig out, goodbye. <laughs> 
good riddance. And if good you riddance. don't order extra ranch, you're dead. No, if oh, you don't man. order the if you don't order enough ranch for them to charge you more, get yeah. out of my face. No, I've literally had people judge me because I wanted so much extra sauce that they're like, next time we're gonna have to charge you. And I'm like, bitch, I'll give you a dollar. I, I will care. give you 75 cents a container. So you know what I yeah. do? You know what I've found that works quite well? Because my favorite ranch is Wingstop Ranch. Oh my gosh. I've never right? had it. It's the best ranch because it's all homemade. It's it's actually yeah. homemade ranch, not Hidden like Valley. Chili's. Hidden Valley like Crouching Chili, Tiger bullshit. Chili's Ranch it's, is really good, too. Uh, I don't remember the Chili's it's Ranch, but, good. dude, once you've had Wingstop Ranch, Wingstop ranch you can't go legit. back. Right? So what I do is anytime I get either wings, maybe not from Wingstop, but, like, I, I get pizza and wings somewhere. I will go buy Wingstop and buy a pound. So you'll get separate ranch from Wingstop. Are you kidding me? In order to satisfy my needs, I will go to 12 places. (laughs) I get a pound of ranch and that is in my refrigerator still. Your fourth meal list sounds like my list of qualifications for dating, which is why I'm still single. Well, hello there. Hi. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Except yours is more attainable. I can't buy what I want, you know? Oh. You can buy what what you you want. want. That's a whole nother episode. (laughs) (laughs) Like we'd be sitting here for five minutes and then I'd be like, oh, and then I want somebody to pet me during my, you know, menstrual cycle and just tell me I'm pretty. Maybe put some tacos in there because tacos are tacos and chocolate, tacos and chocolate. It's a good combo. You should try it. So anyways, out of that rabbit hole. (laughs) So I want to hear what y'all's, what words do you hope to never hear again after we're out of COVID season? For me, my face masks. Oh, that was on my list. Face masks for, okay. Furlough. Sanitizer. Santa fucking tizer for sure. Um, what else? The new normal. (sighs) Like that makes me nauseous just thinking about it. And it kind of makes you think like, what if, this is the new normal. Like, do I just stop buying lipstick? And then also do I just start working on like for somebody that gets Botox to the manner, to the degree of which I get it, which is freezing my face. My, I'm really sacrificing my dating abilities because you speak a lot, like nonverbal communication is what? 60%. It's a, yeah. At least. So now I have to nonverbally communicate with just my eyebrow movement. which is none. So I'm just going to be looking like a fucking deer in a headlights at everybody. You know, what's funny is that something that nobody's addressed during COVID is the the impact of smizing. The smiling smiling with your your eyes. eyes. Okay. I thought you were talking about like sneezing in your mask. (laughs) Smeezing. Sneezing. Oh my gross, dude. You got a shout out to Tyra Banks and um, what, what was that show? The... Model show. Oh, top model. Oh, America's 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 top model. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she would like talk about smizing a lot. Yeah. Smiling with your eyes. Oh, and we're trying to smize right now and it's not going well. I've been told I do things with my eyes, not smiling. And I'm like, I didn't mean to do that to you. I am so sorry. (laughs) What did you do? (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah, I know. Right. I've been things I've been told I've done things with my eyes that, that are inappropriate. And I'm like, I didn't mean to it's just the way I look. Yeah. Right now. This is just my face. See, your but yours sounds like it's in like a positive way. Mine's in the negative way where it's like, nobody will approach me because I look like a flaming bitch. And I'm just like, I've never I'm, once thought that. No, no, but that's no. because you know me. Cause well, we've no, talked. I didn't know you. And you know, what's crazy about men that think that 
What? Because you have that essence or that aura of power and they're too much of pusses to come up to you. Okay. Sorry. I hope that that's But men in this day and age would rather have a woman that submits than a woman that takes control. Yeah. And I don't mean, I don't mean sexually. I don't mean relationship. I mean, takes control of their own life because what men think that they need to have is power over their woman. And that is the most, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's the most like caveman era thing I've ever heard in my life. I understand there are situations where one takes control over the other sometimes, whatever. That's just, that's to each his own. But that just doesn't make any sense. No, to me. you hit the nail on the head because what I've run into is either the guy that thinks they want an independent woman, but the minute that I don't text them for like two hours, I get a text back saying like, when like you could take 30 seconds to text me just to let me know that you thought about me. Uh, welcome or, to my world. I, no, I hate texting and I don't want to stop and text anyone. Well, yeah. Well, oh, I, God, but I, I totally understand I that. Both, I don't, I think it's needy. You gotta, you gotta be secure enough to be okay. If somebody doesn't text you for two Which hours. Which is fine. However, if you haven't even gone on a first date yet, that for me is a red flag because like, first of all, you're not the only person that I'm talking to, I try not to like clump everybody up into, you know, a certain time period for dating. I try to give, you know, respectful time to everybody, which sounds really bad when I say that, that out loud. is very interesting. I, I really, I try to like, if I'm, if I'm seriously talking to somebody, I think I mentioned this before. If we go on three dates, then I'm not going to go on the dating app anymore. Unless I'm drunk. Like, let's be real. Unless I'm drunk and I'm sitting at Mary's house, then I'm going to do some swiping. Well, I'm probably going to swipe for you, but that's yeah, a whole nother story. But it's fine. But but I like to try to keep it a little bit old school by investing time into cultivating relationships if I think that they're going to go somewhere. So if you're worthy of three dates, then I'm going to stop trying to pursue other relationships and see where it goes. But if we haven't gone on even one date yet and you're already getting mad because I didn't text you for a couple of hours, it's a no for me. But there also has to be when you first start talking to somebody, you have to realize because that can also be your fault. I don't mean you as in Heather. I mean you as in the person, the opposite side of this of the relationship. Because if you walk into a person and they're a born employee, which there is such thing as born employees right, and born amen. entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you, if you as an independent entrepreneur go into or begin a relationship with a natural born employee, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different personality and a different kind of person, period. It just hmm. really is. Then you've set yourself up for failure. Right. So unless they are okay with that. And that should be a very, very day one or day two conversation, because if you can, and, what we have to stop doing whenever we're dating is stop trying to look past things because that's the first couple of dates are when we should find the red flags and get the hell out and get out. But that's why I always put all of my red flags on people front end. So, you know, all But that's a good, that's a good point that John makes because part of what I want to talk about is healing from divorce. And one of the biggest crutches that I've had to overcome, I don't even know if you can call it a crutch. One of the biggest roadblocks that I've had to overcome is this fear of being alone. And that makes me date out of anxiousness or fear. And so I find myself making excuses for my date so that even when they do have these apparent red flags, I'm like, you know what? Maybe, 
maybe that was okay. Maybe it was, you know, just a first date jitter or maybe blah, blah, blah. And no, you have to look at the red flags and take them seriously because there are a lot of options out there and we are worthy to have the certain person that God has planned for us to have. And it's all about drum roll, please. Cause we're finally getting to the point healing, healing and loving yourself after a breakup or some kind of loss. So I'm what, so proud of you for saying all look, of those it's words easier out loud. Said than I'm done. So, like I have chill bumps, real life. I do easier, easier said than done. So what I've realized, so with, with COVID, obviously, you know, mental health has become a big component of everything. And I personally suffer from depression, anxiety. Um, and so, Shut you know, up. that has come to light. So, you know, just as a side note, if that's something that, that you're experiencing, just know that you are not alone at all. And if you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to, please come to me. I am more than happy to lend you my ear because I know exactly what that feels like. And, you know, and it's, it's very difficult, especially during a time where you are being told to isolate. Um, but another thing that I've, that I've come to shed light on is the fact that I am almost two years out of my divorce and I'm still so mad. And, you know, at this point I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. Um, but I'm not like, there's still times, especially during holidays, which we just had one, you know, holidays are hard. And then just like little things will just remind you that you're still angry. So, you know, part of the reason why I have this podcast is not just for you guys, but it's also for me because it is easier to say things than to do things. And so part of this is for me to hop on that journey of, of healing as well. And hopefully to shed, you know, relatability to you guys that you're not alone in going through this. So welcome to the series of healing from divorce. So just to talk about it a little bit more, I've, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but my divorce was very amicable. We were married for, um, if I sound a little crusty, it's from COVID. Just kidding. It's you <laughs> negative COVID. It's negative for sure. It's the dust storm that rolled in. But, um, I was married for eight years and the divorce was very amicable. Um, but I knew that it was over whenever I realized that we were two different people living in that house and we had fallen out of love. There was no more fights. Um, I was, I was young whenever we got married. So I never really had like that list of qualifications, if you will, for what I was looking for. And I think that that's very important, but I also think that we are different from our twenties to our thirties and some people can manage that growth and other people can't. And part of what John was saying where, you know, it takes, you know, a guy needs to take control and, you know, have a successful woman. There's not a lot of guys out there that can handle that. And so like personally, what I experienced, um, and I'm going to say this in the most respectful way possible, I couldn't, my ex couldn't keep up with me. And, and that's not his fault. There's like John said, there's an entrepreneurial person and then there's an employee person. I am an entrepreneurial person. I, you know, was raised in a very poor environment and, you know, some people that bogs you down, other people, it lights this fire of motivation that nobody can put out. And when you're around that, you either learn to appreciate that or it affects you so negatively because it makes you feel in 
in, uh, inadequate. And so like for me, that person, instead of building me up, would just constantly say little things to try to put me down. And, and it failed, obviously, because I kept trucking. But by the time I was done with nurse practitioner school, I was just like, who are we? Like, he was so resentful. I was so resentful. And there was just nothing that you could do to repair it at that moment. So I think my breaking point was the me sleeping on the couch and that just loss of fight for me. And and I realized that I wanted more. And my oldest daughter looked at me when I woke up on the couch and was just like, you know, I know that you're not happy and I know that this isn't what you want for your life. And part of me was, hey, I know what you're seeing. However, you know, this isn't a very adult situation, but she was 18. So I'm like, but you're also an adult and you're seeing this. And I don't want that. I didn't want that to be a, like my marriage to be what my kids looked at and thought was okay. Mm -hmm. So that was the breaking point for me. Um, Mary, your divorcee, what was your breaking point? Oh gosh. I'm, I'm still reveling in what you just said. Cause the words you said are so impactful. You are a bad bitch. And I think that the, the, the sh you posted something earlier this week on Instagram talking about like the shell, like how you were thin and how you were unhealthy and how you remembered that 4th of July as being like, it was a hard time for you because yeah. you weren't who you were a shell of the human that you knew that you were going to be. And so I think that that was, you know, for me going back, it's not even my divorce, but it's more other events in my life that have been just so impactful and, and it doesn't have to be a divorce, but that, that hurts you. In my case, it's, it's overcoming, um, having my company ripped out from underneath me and being, it's like a divorce because I'm going through the same processes and it's the legal turmoil, but it's the loss of what you thought you were going to have. Right. It is just so devastatingly hard to get over. that's what keeps people in that state of it unhappiness does. for so long. And just to put it into perspective, that picture that I posted on Instagram, <clears throat> and you can see it on at injector underscore Heather, but I look happy, but just to put it into perspective, that You're was so 20 thin. pounds ago yeah. and I'm not overweight. You don't look you know? like yourself. Um, and this is, you know, I, I talk a lot about this. I, I have a very, I try to keep my Instagram very real, um, but it is still a highlight reel. You know, we still try to post us in our best light, but I try to keep it real and talk about, you know, real struggles that I go through. I was very much still struggling with an eating disorder and very unhappy. And so, you know, just the reason why I post that is because when I post it, I have so much feedback from people telling me that they're going through the same thing and, you know, telling me that that post is something that they needed to hear. And that's why I do it. It's not for attention. It's really, and that's the same thing for this podcast. It's really just to be relatable and to let other people know that they're going through normal life struggles. Because if you get caught up in thinking that you're alone, it's, it's a dark worst. place yep. and it's hard to get out of the deeper you get into it. Well, and, and when we were talking about what we were going to talk about in the podcast today, I went back through my notes because that's one thing that I've done throughout this journey is since my divorce, since like all the turmoil that I've been in the last few years, I document it in my notes, just exactly the way I'm feeling in the certain situation that I'm in. And I read through and it was talking about how I feel like sometimes that 
I'm feeling it everything. I'm feeling it being a businesswoman. I'm feeling it being a mother. I'm feeling it being a dating world. I'm feeling it, it being a co-parent. I'm feeling, I felt like it, there's a lot of times more often than not, honestly, I feel like I'm feeling it all of the things because I can't, you know, you're just kind of spinning wheel. You're just trying to get through all of the motions of everyday life. And I went on to talk about how on social media, it looks like I'm having this extraordinary life and everything is beautiful. And I felt unworthy of the praise that people were giving me because right. I felt like it was fraud. I felt like it was fake. It, yeah. that, you get a lot even, of people saying you look so happy yes. and everything's so positive. Like you're changing the world. You're impacting all. And I'm yeah. sitting there Meanwhile, thinking you have a whole day where I you're like laying in bed. Yeah. Like every other hour, every hour I'm going through the highest of high lo- of, of emotions and the lowest of low emotions all yeah. within the same hour. Like I'm, I'm, it's a roller coaster. And at the end of the day, I'm feeling defeated and feeling overcome, but I'm posting the good things that's right. happening in my days. And then later on in, in, in my journal entry, it, it talks about how I'm making dinner and I'm making my two, I'm trying, trying really hard to be domestic. I'm trying to make two blue aprons <laughs> the same struggle. night that's hard to because do. I didn't pause it because I, I, I just received another blue apron shipment shipment and I hadn't done the, the prior week's and I didn't want to waste the food. So I'm trying to do two in one night and I'm very obviously failing at that because I'm not domestic at all. I mean, I mean, honestly, we try. It, it was, a, I was a hot mess and I, and I'm like, I have a tear running down my eye and then I turn around and Jackson's making fun of me for trying to be, trying to cook and that I'm a hot mess. Jackson's your son. Yes. My son. And then my daughter at the time is looking at me and, and she's giving me all the gossip that she's got for first grade. And, and mind you, my son's a, a you know, a, a great student and he's excelling, but they're in the kitchen with me in this moment where I'm feeling completely defeated and overwhelmed. And I look at them and in the journal entry, I know like I may be failing at a lot of shit, but I'm really, really, really kicking ass on the big stuff. Well, and they look at you too and think that you're just this superhero mom. Yeah. So I think it's normal for us to feel like we're constantly failing. I mean, I can't imagine living a life where I'm at a point saying I'm succeeding at everything. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, I'd be like, you sound like my ex. Second of all, it just, it's not, that's just not how life works. We're meant to go through these valleys and you know, when, whenever we do, it's a good learning opportunity. So, you know, rather than focus on the bad and I'm talking to myself too, I promise you, this is not anything that I've mastered, but you know, we have to go through these valleys. So instead of thinking of them as failures and darkness, think of it as an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, gratitude. It's that's, just, that's the key is yeah. finding things that you're thankful for, even in the darkest of days. Absolutely. So I don't know. I, I just, I felt like I was being called to talk about healing from divorce and, you know, I do want to have a series on it. It's not going to be like a consistent every week thing. Cause that's just not the way that my brain works, but <laughs> we are going to do a series that's going to be broken up a little bit. And, uh, what's going to come with that, I think is just going to talk about, you know, phases of healing that I've taken what's worked, what hasn't worked because it's not perfect. Um, but the main focus is going to be on divorce. So I asked my followers on Instagram, what was the final straw? Like what, 
broke the camel's back and made you realize that your marriage was over. So I want to read through those and just get you guys like, I need some feedback from y'all because it was interesting. So I want to read through that. And then I want to talk a little bit about the shame that's associated with Mm -hmm. divorce. And then I'm going to read the follow-up question that I had for people, which was what is keeping you in your marriage, even though you know it's over, because I think that that's also very heartbreaking. So (laughs) the first question uh, that I asked everybody was, how did you know that your marriage was over? So I'm just going to briefly read through these and it's going to make you cringe. Um, So disrespect, hiding information, lack of communication and interference of his family. I can respect that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one is, let's see. You know how you get those spam ones that respond back? They're like, hey, you want to make a million followers? And I'm like, God, why? I don't know that, but that would make sense. (laughs) Well, that happens. I I thought you were about to start talking about me and how whenever you ask for the the name of the lizard, then I was was trying to find the next one. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. I got one more. I mean, you know, I'm not prepared enough to just write these out. So I'm like, I'm just going to read them as I go. Um, Okay. So another one is I really didn't like his girlfriend. Wait, wait. What? There, yeah, there's a lot of infidelity on here. Uh, my ex-husband moving in with his mistress, best oh, best gift he ever gave me. Oh. Uh, let's see. This one's good. Although there was a horrific event that occurred, it ultimately was not taking responsibility. So that's something that I bring up in dating, by the way, which, you know, it's a very common question. What's your pet peeve? It's an annoying question, but I get it. My biggest pet peeve is lack of accountability and being a victim of life. Like (gasps) life's hard. Okay. Like you're not a victim. It just is what it is. Right. Exactly. I agree with that. A hundred percent. So another one, one of the most unattractive things ever when someone plays victim all the time. That's my mom. And I think that's what it, why it gets me. You know, it's funny because my mom has been like that too. So I dated this, this woman once. I say girl, because that's what she was just very mature. Immature, yeah. Super mature. And that's what all, I couldn't do it any longer because she was so negative and made everything that happened to her about her. Why does this keep happening to me? It's like, you, you, do you, what's wrong with your, like, I don't get it. Like, why do you feel like you have to play victim? I know that That this doesn't accomplish anything. No. And I know that this is easier said than done. I feel like that's a common theme in today's show, but if something's not working for you, it may take time and it's not going to be, it may not be an easy fix, but you can always take steps to correct it and make it better. Absolutely. See, I've been in a position where I've fallen into that category of, oh, I feel like a victim, but I did something about it. Exactly. You you have to. Yeah. What my biggest issue is when people have a big issue with me being honest and I don't care, whatever. I'm just a very blunt and honest person. So if someone plays victim, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to solve your problem. I'm going to say, this is some things. These are some solutions you can do. Yeah. And then if they don't want to do it, then I'm going to say, okay, then stop bitching and complaining. Amen. If you're going to me about it, like if you're going to talk about your problems, I want you to talk about your problems, but let's fix your problems. If you're going to just bitch about them then, and not come up with a solution, then I can't. But I also get the side of venting. And yes, I, I and I want you to. Now, I'm not good at that because it's like you're going to give me a problem and I'm I'm a problem solver. No, yeah. I know. If I, I vent to you, you're like, well, that was stupid. And I'm like, I know it was stupid. I'm just letting you know that it happened. 
And I but that's that's what I love about you is but that (laughs) I just want you to listen and don't give your advice. But you have to have people in your life that you can just spew that stuff and you can't like break apart and it can be completely irrational and they're gonna look at you and know how irrational you're being and accept it and not judge you. Oh, I accept you for your stupidity. I love you for your stupidity, <laughs> but you. I'm going to still call you stupid. <laughs> Fuck you, John. <laughs> well, Why are you talking to me right now? I was actually no, looking at he, no, it was me. That was but, I felt that in my soul. Like, if I do something stupid, you're going to tell me I'm stupid, but you're still going to love me. Yeah, yeah. love me anyway. That's a country love. song for I'm, sure. Absolutely. For love me even if sure. I'm stupid. Love me anyway. That's it. That's it. Um, so anyway, I feel justified in telling people that they can correct something because I think when people take first glance at me if they don't get to know me if they don't know me in real life or if they don't get to know like the person I am behind the Instagram social media whatever platform it's easy to think that you know I'm just you know spewing things out based off of my assumptions but I did I'm telling you guys I lived a really ridiculously hard life growing up and I went through a lot of things and I worked hard to get to where I'm at and nothing was easy. In fact, I'm one of those people where I look at at the sky and I'm like, God, why does everything have to be so hard? But I really feel like this is the reason why, because now I have an opportunity to talk to people on a wide platform and hopefully help other people that are struggling with similar things and let you know, like, you know, having a baby at 15, it's okay. It's okay. And you can have no support and still survive it. So anyway, reeling it back into the divorce, because I I just I felt like that's important to say, because it's easy for somebody to be like, if you don't like it, then just fix it. And like, well, of course, somebody that has everything handed to them, trust fund baby, Mm -hmm. you could just do whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do. But I'm telling you, somebody that had to fix it by myself on my own. And sometimes the solution is not a quick fix. Sometimes it takes years and years to find, but that's what I do adore about you. That's what bonded us is that you never used anything that you'd gone through as a crutch. And you were so accepting of my ugly and everybody else is likewise. (laughs) Well, and I think, and and there's that, like, that's, I feel like that's a relationship should be like a friendship, the friendship that we have and the friendship that I've had with just a few other people. You have to love, you have to unconditionally love that person and be able to be supportive through their bullshit. And I, I, that doesn't happen very often. You've never judged me. I've, I've told you some really fucked up and psychotic stuff. I love you anyway. But you, you, but you you have a way to tell me. crazy. (laughs) I mean, but, but realistically stuff that you beat yourself up on, I look at you and I'm like, Heather, you, you, it's not that big of a deal. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm the empath that feels all the things, but you know, I don't judge. Um, and it, it is, we live in a world where it's really easy to, to judge, but it's so much bad energy. But I think John can appreciate this. It's, Part of the part of how you grow is accepting and acknowledging the struggle that you've been through. That's part of healing and realizing that you can't blame your past on where you are today. Mm-hmm. All you can do is acknowledge that you've been through that, but then be thankful because there's no way that I would be here if it wasn't for my struggles, period. I would I would not. I would not be here. So I think that that is part of self-healing, but I also 
What? Are I, you just in tune? Yeah, I was just like really like, into yeah. it because I, I like that. that. But, there's right? a, but there's another like whole thing. We talked about this before the podcast. It's like, you know, bef- it's so easy to say you have to love yourself before you can truly heal and be happy. Right. And there's also a, there's a lot of steps. There's one step in particular that you're missing and all of that. And you just hit on it is the acceptance part. Stop trying to accept everybody else because right. that makes you the victim. It yeah. really, really does. You That's have to true. accept yourself. You have to accept the fact that you're a flawed human being and we will always be. Right. Because nobody's perfect. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody's perfect. And I mean, I'm pretty close to me, Karen. Anyways, I'm about to turn her mic off. And uh, <laughs> But you have totally to accept joking. the fact that also, you said this at the very, very beginning, is that you have to accept the fact that being not okay is okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because so many people look at Instagrams and look at Facebooks and see all these happy people and see all this stuff. And you're trying to live your life like that. Yeah, you know, you're you just, trying to live your life. I in just want to be that person. Of, yeah. And if you're different, if you're not just that normal human, which I know you're not. No. I know you're not. I'm sure as hell not. It's like if you're a strong, independent, entrepreneurial, just hard ass man or woman you're not in the norm no so you you can't look at these oh beautiful lifestyles which most of the time aren't beautiful mm, there's some of the most you can't be unhappy people too of course you they know are. and and me too i'm not i'm not criticizing people that have these beautiful highlight reels but of course not but it's not you it's not and i can confidently tell you that i agree with you that you can't you know, part of healing is learning to love yourself, but you don't have to completely love yourself to be healed because I, like I said, coming, starting this series was one of the reasons was because I realized that I was still healing from a certain situation that I went through and that's okay, but I want to acknowledge it. And now I want to take steps to try to feel better and and maybe not necessarily better, but I am still learning to love myself and I'm always going to be work in progress, but I can look back and say that I'm so, so much stronger today Mm -hmm. than I was even two years ago. And even back then I would say the same thing, like, Oh, I've been through a lot, but you know, thinking about the, the, phases of my post-divorce, you know, I went from being so scared to be alone that I jumped into a relationship. And then whenever I finally acknowledged that that relationship wasn't in my best interest and cut, I cut it off. I was so scared to be alone at that point that I couldn't even sleep in a bed by myself. Mm. And, you know, at this point now, and I talked about this when Paige was on here, I've gotten to the point in my life where like I would be that, that codependent type of girl where I didn't even want to buy a house because I'm like, but what if I meet a man that wants me to move into his house? And I'm like, why am I waiting? Why am I halting my life for, you know, the ideal, the fantasy of meeting somebody that, you know, why am I trying to be convenient for somebody? So since then, dream car, bought a house, still working my ass off. I am not the best mom, but I'm working my yes, you hardest. Are. You're amazing I was, mother. I'm not the best mom, but I, I will always do what's in the best interest of my kids. And so we're also going to talk about co-parenting because that it's hard. That's probably the hardest thing. It's awful. But, you know, just just to reel it back in, the whole point is to just let you guys know that 
we're all going through some struggles. I don't care if you look like, you know, this model that's sitting on a beach. I'll, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, some of the most wealthy people that I've met are some of the most unhappy people I've ever met. And, and the reason why I bring this up on this episode is because sometimes that reason is because they're stuck in a marriage that they feel like they can't get out of. So on that note, I'm going to read a couple more of answers from, um, the, the question that I posted on Instagram of what the final straw was, but then I'm going to read a little bit. It's going to be a little bit harder for you guys to hear. I'm going to read some of the answers that I received when I asked the follow-up question of why are you still staying in your marriage? if you know that it's already broken and I'm sorry that I sound like I'm going through puberty now. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a drink of my truly here's Mary with the commercial. Oh, I'm usually so good, but I'm very engaged. Well, I got a little something for you guys. Since Mary can't really get on. I can. Actually, I can. Actually, I can. I do want to share this story. Like I am going to stop you. You're talking about money and making people. So something people probably don't know is that I lost a lot in the past few years. I've lost it all. Everything. Yeah. Like all of it. I stood by and watched this unfold. Like every single thing. And um, it was like summer before, a couple, a while ago, I took my kids down to see my brother and my sister-in-law. And um, I was going to take them to SeaWorld because they were in San Antonio. Um, But I couldn't. I couldn't afford to literally take the kids to SeaWorld and they were devastated and I didn't realize I wasn't going to be able to until I couldn't. And so I drove down to Corpus Christi and we spent the day at the beach and it was literally one of the most amazing days that I've ever spent with my children and my children ever had. And we played, it was free. Yeah. Kids don't even care. And I mean, I got gas, but I didn't even know if I was going to make it home with enough gas. Like, I didn't think I was going to make it home. See, and I love that because that's part of the reason why I love you is because your Instagram is proud, but you're also resilient. And like you take, you take chances. Okay. I do. John, what were you going to say? What was your commercial going to be? I was just going to say that. I was talking to a a friend of mine was talking about business and competition, right? And I'm going to directly relate it back to the way that you live a life. In business, the only competition that you have other than yourself are based off of insecurities. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Because there's no such thing as competition because there's only one you. Right. So let's move it back to relationships. Why change your own reality? And why change your own makeup as a human to be like somebody else? Mm-hmm. If that person, your opposite, whether you're a man or a woman, if that other, if that person chooses somebody else or decides to go a different route, that has nothing to do with you. And that doesn't mean that someone's better or worse. Just exactly. Different. And that person would have done it with anybody else. That's yeah. who they are. It had, that is exactly who they are. And that has nothing to do with you. And I feel like... A lot of the questions and the answers that you read back were a lot of infidelity. Oh, right. Yeah. But you just have wait. to understand that a person that commits adultery or that is 
that has that infidelity tendencies, that's a that's an issue with them. Yeah, it's that's not exactly that's not your fault at now, I'm, all. I'm not saying that people in a relationship don't give the kind of love that somebody needs. That that's a whole nother topic. Oh yeah. That's a whole nother topic because if you're if if I'm in a relationship and you can't speak my love language, which I'm sure we're gonna get to later on in another, in another episode, percent. then I can understand why that person would seek it. And right. I get that. And that can be on the fault of the other significant other that's not giving that if there's prior communication. But you're right. Uh, there's some, 100%. Sometimes it's yeah. it's that person that has this unfulfilling void that they have. And it doesn't matter if they're with Tyra Banks. They're going to do whatever they're going to do, whether it's with you or somebody else. 100%. So um, if you're not getting what you need emotionally fulfilled, then you're not going, you're going to seek it in somebody yeah. else. And, and that's, so, so see, that's the beauty of why we pick sex, love and injectables because it literally encompasses everything. And we are going to break this down because I do think it's important to talk about gaslighting and fidelity talking about like, you know, how guys are so insecure that they have to try to make you feel inferior so that they feel like they're mm. in control. Trust me, these are things that I can talk about. But Amazon you, Alexa and how? <laughs> yes. But what you also have to understand as either a woman or a man in a situation like that, stop trying to make your outer appearance be what the other person wants. Amen. And stop working and, and, and then just completely neglect your inner self. Because what happens is you could have the best face, the best body, but on the inside, if you're either broken or not emotionally ready or emotionally just destroyed by You're somebody, right. then that's also can be very, I mean, that can be very detrimental to an attraction that Absolutely. can be very unattractive. It's, it's insecurity. And I am the first to admit that that is something that I've personally dealt with. For example, I had an ex-boyfriend that rode dirt bikes and then I started riding dirt bikes. Then I had an ex-boyfriend that played guitar. So then I became this guitar player. Then I have an ex-boyfriend that was a hunter. And then that was the year that I shot a deer and like gutted mm. it. So like I would try to conform myself to appease the other person. And that is probably one of the reasons why I got divorced because I was never that person. And so when I finally came into my own in my 30s, it was like we didn't Who know each you? other. One of one of our good one of my best friends, one of our good friends, uh, posted a thing today that was like, "Don't change." who you are to keep someone else. And I think that yeah. like hits home. Don't change who you are. Like you, you have to find somebody that loves you for all your bad, just as much as Absolutely. they love you for your good. All right. So building the suspense for these answers. <laughs> so, all right, here's some more of these. The reason why I'm reading these is because I feel like some of you guys are going to relate to these and it's going to make you justified or feel justified in what your, whatever actions are next. So again, if you weren't listening before, these are answers to the question that I asked, which was how did you, what was the final straw for your marriage that when did you know it was done? Like what was the action or what happened? So here's some more pretty sure it was when he decided to move in with my friend across the street, um, expecting me to not continue nursing school. I can relate to this. Uh, let's see. This is kind of, this one's salty, which I, I'm not mad at it. She said, when I realized I could do a better job than, than him in a male dominated work field, 
we both worked at the same place. He was fired and I'm still here. So I feel like even even though that was the situation, I feel like it was that similar situation where the guy felt inferior. And so she lost respect and he was resentful 100%. of her success. Exactly. Um, finding out he emptied the savings account and lying about it. Um, my young children confirming their dad's affair. Another one, his third affair. Mm. Another one, my ex showing me all the Snapchats between he and his mistress. And I feel like him showing is a sign of his insecurity for trying to tell her I can get anybody I want. And for me, that just makes it, that sounds like small penis energy. Absolutely. Um, if you're telling somebody that you've cheated on, like if, if you're having to go to that, then you are trying to find redemption for yourself yeah. and you're just hurting the other person and you know, it's going to hurt the other person. So here's another one. And I feel like you can interpret this differently, but if you know me, you'll laugh his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> interpret it that that as no skills <laughs> Ew. little and lizard I, lizard tongue. I, yeah no I feel like you have to be good at that a little bit right uh a lot okay do it's you called feel chemistry like, do you feel like that's something that you could teach somebody no uh, it's like <laughs> chemistry oh if you should see John's face right now it's I, a little lizard tongue we call no. it the lizard lizard tongue no, Ugh. that's not appropriate. Like if it, if you, if you don't enjoy making out with someone, then next. Thank you. Next. If uh, there's any kind of uncomfortable feeling during yeah. any kind of intercourse, intercourse, or any kind of intimacy, there is your sign. You get the hell away from that red person. Flag. Damn it. Damn it. That's a big red flag. That that's the, the biggest red flag is if you feel even the slightest bit uncomfortable around your partner doing yeah. any kind of anything sexual, whether it be actual intercourse yeah, or foreplay or kissing any or kind making of intimacy. out, touching, whatever, any kind of intimacy. If there's any kind of uncomfortable feelings, get the hell out so of there. So you don't feel like it could be trainable either. I think that at the beginning, it stems from past. Okay. But I do think that if it gets to that point, get the hell out. Or if another, if the other person causes the insecurity or uncomfortable feeling, get the hell out. Yeah. So I think I talked about this before, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. I did buy a book for an ex. I'll just say an ex to be nice. That was called she comes first. And it had a picture of this like apricot on the front. And it was all about like teaching you. And I feel like that was so demasculating. <laughs> yeah, but at the time I was so desperate for him to like figure it out because sex is a very important thing for me. I probably think about sex at least five times a day. Yeah. At, at least, at least. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. No, so. there's absolutely you, you, you should yeah. actually like there's that's a whole wrong with thinking about it less or more, but if it becomes an issue where it's interfering with your daily activities, then that's something to explore. So it lack thereof too and lack thereof for sure. Okay. So a couple more of these. So one is Sorry. alcohol abuse and mood disorder plus refusal to medicate. That's, I can understand that. Um, let's see. He cheated. I honestly felt so relieved that I finally had a way out. I that shout gives out. me goosebumps. Shout out. <clears throat> um, he said that our two kids and me were burdens that tied him down. I told him to get the fuck out. Fucker. I will. Bye. I'm glad I don't know who that is. Uh, loss of respect. Infidelity. Uh, this. Let's see. 
Um, I was sick of the prostitutes and my kids getting his text due to the cloud. Oof. That's not good. I, yeah. Um, him moving out the third time. Let's see. A tracker on my car. Oh, a shout out. My ex husband (laughs) having an affair while I was pregnant. Mental abuse. So now I'm just going to read these off. Um, Cheating coupled with his drug abuse left us at the hospital and went on a two week binge and drained savings with booze, lying to my face about wanting kids, then admitting in our marriage that he didn't want any, realizing I had become a totally different person, no sex for years, him walking out at 1030 p.m. on a Sunday uh, when she was never home at night and her friend asked who she was with. When it was the friend that she told him that she was with, uh, infidelity, him getting caught cheating for the billionth time, then asking me, which one did you find? Oh, damn. I became indifferent, uh, never married, but engagement ended when she chose work over love. <clears throat> Shout outs. Uh, found out he had a vasectomy without telling me. Oh, damn. When I kept trying and realized he wasn't going to put in the the same effort. And then the last one is never feeling like I was good enough. So I just, Mm. I wanted to read all those out because I wanted to acknowledge all those reasons. There's obviously a lot of infidelity, a lot of emotional abuse, but then there's also just a lot of loss of respect. And so the reason why is because a lot of times you guys are going to be going through something where you think that you're again alone. So this is just to show you, this happens a lot. That's a lot. So, um, on that note, I want to talk about the responses I got for why you stay in the marriage. And then this may not be for everybody, but a lot of people's follow-up question for when I asked why you're still there is how did you do it? How did you tell him? So I'm going to tell you my personal story of, um, how I did it. And I know this is a long one, so I apologize for the length, but I also hope that this is uh, enriching or enlightening for you to listen to. So responses that I got for what's keeping you in the marriage. Kids, our faith, and both of us choosing each other every day. Also humor. I respect that. My response to that is, but my question was, if you know that your marriage is failing, why are you still there? So while I respect that answer of our faith, I would never stay for faith because I wholeheartedly believe that God wants us to be happy and he would never want us to stay in a marriage that we know has failed. So, um, and my, my reason for asking that question is to ask for people that are at the point where they're like, it's over, but I'm still here and this is why. So I do respect that answer. I want to say that, but... I would just respond with God wants us to be happy. So don't just stay because you think he wants you to stay in that marriage. That's my opinion. If you walk home and you feel so heavy, you can't breathe. God doesn't want that for you. Yeah. So, um, other ones, saving money. I respect that divorce can be expensive. Fortunately, um, if you do it, uh, what's what is the common word that I'm looking for? Amicably. Thank you. I lost my English for a second, um, but it, it, it doesn't have to be that expensive. Uh, I don't want to be divorced twice. <laughs> Shout out. Just so you know, you could still okay. find love. It's okay. It's okay. Twice is fine. Uh, child house memories. I understand that. Oof. 
It fucked me up I real still, bad. This one got me. Um, I still love him, but love isn't enough. <sighs> Let that one sink in for a second. And because then, that's the truth. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, and then I'm just going to quickly read off the rest of these. Um, children, timing, the house, the fact that he's not an asshole, turning our lives upside down, losing friends, being afraid of his family, using my past mental health issues to take my son from me, mm. a deep love and respect for each other, being stationed overseas in the military, I'm pregnant, child and not being financially de- independent, security and kids, <clears throat> kids, hope you, oh, this is, hope you stay safe this summer. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> how are you doing through these t- troubled times? See, this is the type of bullshit on my spam. Okay. Um, he's a good guy. Just obsessed with his work. Also fear of impact to our kids, financial issues, uh, being comfortable in money, guilt of leaving because he wants it to work out, but I'm checked out kids, the kids. I stayed seven years too long because I felt like I couldn't do it on my own fear and business together. New home build, fear that my teen child may resent me. Uh, he was good looking and a green beret. <laughs> Girl, those uniforms. I'm no. sorry. No. Um, kids and then not wanting to be away from my daughter. So that was the rest of them. It's heartbreaking to hear these responses. I'm hearing a lot of kids and what I would offer, and I am by no means a professional. Look, I do Botox and injectables. I am not, uh, licensed to counsel or anything of the nature. So please take my, my feedback, you know, as a grain of salt, if it's suitable for you, but just from what I feel like for my kids and, and myself coming from a divorced family, the kids are very resilient. Um, you know, if they're older, obviously you're going to, you may have a little bit more, um, slashback from them. But for, for my situation, my kids were three when we got divorced and it is worse for them to be in that toxic, heavy, dark house that you're currently living in versus being on the other side of divorce. Looking back, you know, two years ago, I would never say that. Uh, in fact, one of the things that my ex told me was you're never going to be able to do this on your own. And I would never acknowledge that to him. But on the inside, I was like, you're right. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, but I did know that I deserved more and that I was worthy and that it was worth finding out. So, uh, my kids are very happy. In fact, they consider their two homes bonus. They get two birthdays, they get two Christmases, you know, we're still very open and candid about, you know, yes, we were married, we're friends now, even though we're not. Okay. And you know, we're not friends, but, and we're going to talk about co-parenting soon, but while we're not friends, my children think that we're like just best buds, um, just for the sake of them. So just, just so you know, Yes, kids are an important aspect to consider, but don't let that be the reason why you stay in a toxic marriage. So that's what I have to say about that. Mary, do you have any feedback before we go? The only thing that I would say is that kids want to see their parents happy. And even though you think you're doing the right thing by staying in a relationship for your kids, Just take a close look at the behaviors that your kids are witnessing. And if they're not witnessing a relationship that you would want them to have in the future, then 
you probably should make some changes regardless of how you make those changes. You either need to come to a conclusion that you are going to be committed to fixing things with your spouse or you need to exit the relationship because if you wouldn't want your children to have the relationship that you have, it's not healthy. Exactly. So just to finish this up, um, you know, how I told my ex-husband, it's two parts. The first part was actually separating. The second part was actually telling him the D word divorce. Um, and I'll keep this short because <clears throat> it's probably like a two hour podcast at this point. But the first part of this was me, you know, in a very neutral environment when the kids weren't around sitting him down at the dining room table and actually telling him that he needed to go. And it was a very difficult conversation. Uh, one that I had practiced in my head several times after I had done a pro con list of what, are the advantages and disadvantages to remaining in my marriage and doing counseling on my own as well as marital counseling. Um, at that time there was a lot of alcohol abuse and you know, I'm, I'm not a very religious person, but at that moment I felt a very strong pull to grab my Bible. And so as I told the person that it was over, I opened my Bible and just asked for the words of what to say to get through that night. And it was it in a very bad situation. It was very magical. So basically how do you do it? You just be very direct with your feelings and you don't waver. So I basically told him, um, you know, and there were some unkind words that were exchanged because hurt people hurt people. Uh, but that is what happened. If you guys are wanting more in-depth information, just message me. Cause that, again, this could be a whole nother podcast. Uh, the second part of it was actual, the divorce part that was done in counseling. And I feel like it should be done in a neutral, respectful way because it's not like you haven't both tried. So that is my feedback on that. I know this was again, a very long and kind of serious podcast, but I think that this is going to resonate with a lot of people. Resonate, resonate, resonate. English is so hard today. I mean, it's hard every day for resonate. me, but thank you, sir. Because resignate would mean to be resign. <laughs> I'm resignating. Okay. Hey, you know I what? am resignating from this marriage. Resignate. I would See, wish I, 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 wish I, could resignate I love from you too, humans. <laughs> I wish I could resignate from 2020, man. For real. I'm over like... it. So just for what's to come, stay tuned. It's not going to be all serious. We're, we're going to mix in some funny. We are going to talk about divorce and healing from that, but we're also going to continue to talk about my disastrous dating life, um, which I have put a hold on because I'm going to do some healing again. Cause I realized that I just don't have the mental capacity right now to pursue that part of my life and Shocker. how to give yourself grace yes. to acknowledge and accept yes. that you are a wonderful human being. Thanks. And, um, guys suck. (laughs) I'm teasing. There's a lot of great guys. Not everybody. Don't get triggered because it's going to start like a 20 minute thing. So yeah, divorce, healing, (laughs) life, sex, love (laughs) and injectables. Um, John sucks. Just blame John. No, no. Anyway, I appreciate you guys listening to another episode of sex, love and injectables. If you have not already, please go onto iTunes, leave a review, make sure you subscribe. We're also on Spotify. Uh, follow me on Instagram. It's at injector underscore Heather. If you have feedback, please leave me some. I do read all of the comments and I look forward to speaking to you again on the next episode of sex, love and injectables. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.